Did you miss Canty and Carlin? How can you not be fired up? NFL Week 10 begins in just a couple of hours here with the Panthers and Falcons kicking off on Thursday night football at 8.15. This is Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. No Canty, no Carlin today. I'm Drew Carter alongside Shea Cornette filling in for the guys. And before we get into this NFL talk we were planning, I have to ask the folks at home to let us know if I'm crazy here. Call in on the Dr. Pepper line, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Have you heard of Be Real, the social media app that's sweeping the nation? There are five of us in this room right now, either digitally or in person. I'm the only person who knows what Be Real is. Shay, What's going on? You don't know what Be Real is? No, but why, what is the point of this? What is this, the, Why is it a thing? This is a trend that's sweeping the nation. If you're fed up with Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or Snapchat, go to Be Real, where once a day, and this is not an ad, although it sounds like it. We read plenty of ads on this show. This isn't one of them. Go to Be Real, and once a day you get a notification on your phone that tells you to check in. All you do is take a selfie and then take a photo of your surroundings. Nope, I'm so out. back cam, I'm out. front cam. Nope, nope, I'm out. Take a selfie? No. Yeah, all you gotta do is take a selfie. Come on, front I'm cam, in my thirties. No, I'm not taking selfies <laughs> and showing where I'm at. That's weird. No. Well, no. Why is that weird? I mean, be real. It's there's no frills about it. I don't even know if people sounds like, frilly. People, if you have to take selfies, just your friends follow. It's just a good way to check in and let people know what you're up to. I'm not even on the app, but I feel like it's a fun idea, and I've seen people do it kind of jealous i'm gonna hop on be real but i was talking about this during the break and no one knew what it was so if you know what be real is call in 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776 or shoot me a dm on a different social media platform and like send me a link to sign up for or just be check real. in where you are and then hit up drew yeah right check in send send me the selfie and send me the photo and and let me know where you're at but drew carter shea Cornette filling in for canty and carlin today and a big matchup on the NFL schedule this weekend is the 6-2 and two Buffalo Bills against the 7-1 and one Minnesota Vikings, who have the second-best record in the NFL. But no one is respecting the Minnesota Vikings. And case in point right here, we're going to start talking about the Bills because that's the big headline today. Josh Allen didn't practice again, hasn't practiced all week. He's questionable for their game against Minnesota this weekend. Earlier today on KJM, Keyshawn Johnson, talking about how much trouble the Bills are in if Josh Allen doesn't play. It's a big deal for Buffalo if he, for some reason, misses some time because Buffalo Bills' defense, number one, is a good defense. They're not a championship carry the team Super Bowl winning defense. We're not talking about 85 Bears, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, Seattle's. They have to have him because he is the passing game. He's the running game. He's everything to them on offense. If you don't have him in there, then you immediately eliminate Davis and Stephon Diggs because Case Keenum is not Not him. Left out the 2022 Minnesota Vikings when discussing all-time NFL defense, but we'll leave that aside. Uh, Shea, how much trouble are the Bills in if this Allen injury is serious? 
Uh, I actually think it's the other way around. I think the Bills are in trouble if they risk further injuring their star quarterback and they don't sit him and let him rest for however many weeks that that means. If that means you don't get home field advantage in the postseason, so be it. Find a way to overcome it. But this is the guy that literally does everything on the offensive side of the ball. He throws the football. He runs the football. He's your leading rusher, literally. Um, He's the identity of your football team. He's the face of your franchise. He's everything to the Buffalo Bills. And if you go out there and you risk having to lose him for more than just a couple of weeks to nurse an injury, you're in big trouble. And so I think it would be – and I don't know the severity of his injury, and I'm not going to pretend to know, um, but him missing multiple days of practice – his coach saying that they're going to just take it day by day, and he does have this elbow injury that obviously he's overcome in the past back in 2018. Look, we're not going to question his durability. This is a guy that hasn't missed a game since 2018 So when he had the same injury. So to me, it just makes the most sense to use caution here and, and not rush into playing Josh Allen. I need to look at Buffalo's schedule and figure out when their bye week is. Um, because I think that matters. Um, but nonetheless, to me, I think it makes uh, – forget the trouble they'd be in. They're in more trouble if they rush their quarterback. Yeah, I think the Bills have already had their bye, Shay, which, okay. which is so a big issue. Thank you for answering that. Yeah. So that, that in and of itself is a big issue. And the, the reason I remembered they had their buys, A, I play fantasy football like a maniac, and B, I'm looking at the standings right now where they're 6-2 and two and a half game up on both the Jets and the Dolphins and one and a half up on the Patriots. So – it's not just that they might lose out on home field advantage, which we all expected them to have at the start of the season. They might have to go on the road in the first round and then make it to the Super Bowl on the road, which I think they can do as long as Josh Allen is fully healthy. But the problem, like you said, Shay, is we don't know how serious the injury is. And I think even the Bills don't know how serious the injury is just by the nature of the injury. It's a sore UCL ulnar cruciate ligament. I believe I'm saying that right, which is, is that not correct? Evan, our producer, is shaking his head. Ulnar ulnar collateral ligament? Okay, so I can't, but isn't the ACL a cruciate ligament? Whatever. Obviously, we're not doctors. Just stick with UCL. We'll go with UCL, and it's the same thing that if he tore it, he would need Tommy John surgery, which we know if if you're a baseball fan, you have to recover for a year, a year and a half. So if you're the Bills, like, are you going to be confident for the rest of the season in playing this guy? Well, and it's his throwing arm, okay? So let's add more concern there. And on top of that, it's starting to get cold in Buffalo. The high is like 40 this weekend. The low is, I mean, freezing temperatures. And that matters when you're nursing an injury. Like, you can only keep it warm for so long. So, uh, again, yeah, the road to the Super Bowl ain't going to be easy. But you know what? Oh, well, at least you have your star quarterback in there that feels more 100% than, than either. And, and you know what? This is also why you have a, a, a capable backup like Case Keenum. He's one of the better backups in the league. Who has a be- – like, name the best backups. He'd be towards the top. So this is why you have that plan in place to hopefully he can go out there and he can execute the way you need him to. What Buffalo needs to be worried about at this point now is how they're going to run the football. Because they brought in Naheem Hines for a reason. Clearly, they saw they had a glaring weakness. They're in the middle of the league in terms of rushing yards, and that's because they have Josh Allen under center. Playing in Buffalo, that run game should be stout and should be better, and that should be their focus this week. Right, and they also drafted a guy in the second round in James Cook from Georgia who they they thought could help them and and certainly has not. It's Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs. For protection on the road and on the water, see how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com the flip side of of this conversation about the bills game this weekend is oh yeah 
a little team from Minnesota by the name of the Vikings who have only lost one game this year against the only undefeated team in the league, the Eagles, in a game that was in prime time, so you knew the Vikings were going to lose because Kirk Cousins is their quarterback. Uh, Listen, the Vikings get no respect, and even though I am a Vikings fan, I kind of understand it. If you look at the advanced metrics, they're actually below league average in DVOA. They're 18th in the NFL despite their 7-1 and record. Pretty much every game they win is by one score. But listen, this could be the fourth backup quarterback they play this season if Josh Allen doesn't play. But Shea Bill Parcells once said, you are what your record says you are. I guess it doesn't apply to the Vikings, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh... First of all, the Vikings play in a wa- bad division. I don't think the NFC North is very good. I mean, look at the Packers. Even with your Bears? Bears. With Justin Bears Fields? aren't good. They're look, I- I'm I'm over here like banging the table at how good they are coming off of a <laughs> loss, okay? Right, right. So let's, let's just cl- clear the air there. The Lions, we're all like excited about them beating the Packers. They have three wins on the season. It's yeah. not a good division. A- and lucky for the Vikings that they're 7-1. and one. They've had to play three backup quarterbacks. So – um, and, and I don't think they've been for how much, I guess, let me put it this way for how much talent this Viking squad has in the wide receiver room. They've got Dalvin cook. They've got plenty of tight ends. Their defense is good. Like for the amount of talent they have, we should f- be feeling better about them. And I think that's probably part of the problem. Um, but yeah, until I see Kirk cousins in prime time, play a team with their starting quarterback there and see all the weapons come to fruition on that Viking team. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not buying them as like a Super Bowl contender right now. Yeah, I think you're spot on with that. And if they make the playoffs, and which they probably will, but if they go deep in the playoffs, they will have to play in a standalone, potentially primetime game. And that could be an issue for Kirk Cousins, although it does see, seem like his confidence is at a whole new level. It's at about 30,000 feet. You might have seen the video of him in the aisle of the Vikings airplane with a chain and he was dancing. And Kirk Cousins has a little swag to him now, which I don't think you could have said – uh, in his first whatever many years in the league. This year, he has the swag, and they're 7-1. and one. They play the Bills this weekend. We'll see if Josh Allen can suit up for Buffalo. The Dr. Pepper call-in line is 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. And let's go out to Missouri and check in with Brian, who's got some thoughts on B-Real. What's up, Brian? <laughs> hey, how are you guys? Outstanding. How you doing? I'm doing great. So do so you know what B-Real learned- is? I do. I learned about this from my kids uh, about a month ago. I thought I also thought it was ridiculous at first. Uh, we were out at a restaurant, and all these kids jumped up and started taking pictures. I'm like, what on earth is going on? It's like, Dad, they're taking their B-reel. So I've got two kids in college, and I love it because it's a good way to keep up with them, uh, kind of see what they're doing, proof of life, if you know what I mean. So. Right. right, Brian, because kids don't call you enough, right? You just have to check their B-reel. They don't call. They get busy. They've got their friends and stuff like that. So uh, from that standpoint, it's it's pretty cool. And occasionally, so the thing goes off at a certain time every day, so you've got two minutes to take your picture. If you're hoping you're doing something really cool at the time, otherwise it's, it's pretty boring. But, uh, yeah, it's a good way to keep up with friends and, and your family. Great stuff, Brian. We appreciate you calling in and letting me know that I'm not insane and I'm the only one who knows what Be Real is here on this ESPN radio program. But, listen, Shay, are you sold yet? Do you like what like Brian's assessment of Be Real? Are you going to download it now? True, absolutely not. <laughs> I haven't even gotten on TikTok yet, okay? So- oh, wow. Let me just let me ease into life a little bit. <laughs> Definitely not being on Be Real, Real right now. We'll go one step at a time with the uh, exactly. social media apps. Thank well, you. Folks, speaking of real, can anyone really challenge Georgia for the national championship? We're breaking down the CFP Top 25 next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. 
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Drew Carter, Shea Cornette filling in for the guys on this lovely Friday Eve. And over the weekend, it was a mayhem moment in Athens as Georgia crushed Tennessee. Mayhem moment is brought to you by Allstate. Switch to Allstate and save and get protected from this year's mayhem. Why are we going back to last weekend, Shay? Well, we're talking about the college football playoff top 25, which came out on Tuesday night. And I still think there's a chance three SEC teams get in, as crazy as that sounds with Alabama now allegedly out of the picture. Here's what I'm saying. LSU is number seven with two losses right now. If LSU wins the West as they should, as they're expected to, goes to Atlanta and beats an undefeated Georgia team in the SEC championship, they're both in. I'm sorry, like... I know people in Fort Worth hate to hear that. And I know whichever team loses, Michigan and Ohio State, they hate to hear that. But it's just a reality. An SEC champion, no matter how many losses they have, is getting in if they beat Georgia. And then, by the way, Tennessee, their only loss will be at Georgia. And they'll be sitting there with one loss. They could all get in. But it wasn't just a loss. It was a beating. I mean, there, there's a difference. And so then who are you leaving out? Like you'd put Ohio State or Michigan, considering they win out. Yeah. You're going to put an uh, you're going to leave out an undefeated TCU. You're no, going to no, leave no, no. out I'm not saying that. I think TCU would get in over probably Tennessee at that point. Right. So you wouldn't have three SEC teams in there. I, I like just, and the, I it's hard for me to put a two-loss team in when you have an undefeated or a one-loss team, especially a one-loss team from the Big 10 even or something like that that doesn't seem to make sense and it's look if Tennessee was in a close game against Georgia this would be a completely different conversation and I think this would be a completely different ordeal that's like the way the rankings shook out but it's the way they lost and clearly the committee thought the same thing otherwise they would have had them still in the top four wouldn't I don't even remember the last time we saw a team fall from one to five like that when they played such a superior ranked opponent you might have to go back to year one of the rankings. I think Mississippi State, I know, was ranked first in the inaugural college football playoff rankings. I don't know how far they fell after week one of the playoff rankings. But, yeah, listen, you're right that, that Tennessee fell pretty far considering where they were and who they played. But if we're talking about who's going to get in over that third SEC team, mm-hmm. Oregon is a potential answer if they win mm-hmm. the Pac-12. I'm just saying that the road to three SEC teams – is still pretty wide to me. I don't think it's like an impossibility here. But Tennessee and George, uh, Tennessee and Oregon 
both their only loss would be a blowout against Georgia. Correct. So would you take uh. Tennessee, who has the better win, I guess, against Alabama at that point, over Oregon? Or if Oregon wins their their conference championship yeah. out in the Pac-12, you'd have to take Oregon over Tennessee. It's another team whose resume stacks up right there with Tennessee that would probably go over the balls. I don't yeah. know. I don't know if you would have to take them, Evan. I I, I don't know. I mean, Tennessee. I think the the it, committee is going to value a a team that won their conference over a team that didn't even win their division in their conference. They're just going to. They've proven this. They've The think. committee for years has told us multiple things. Conference championships matter, and you can have two losses. How many times did we think Ohio State was going to get in because they were a better team than most, but they had two losses? They're not going to take a two-loss team. I think they will. If LSU wins the SEC, okay, you're telling me LSU goes to Atlanta and beats They're going to get in, but I think then Tennessee's not going to get in. Depending yeah, on what else happens. But the dominoes have already started to fall, guys. Like, Clemson already lost. And Cle- a one-loss Clemson ACC champion and a one-loss Oregon Pac-12 champion, I think they're, they're both on really thin ice if that, if that scenario plays out. It's probably all going to be moot because, let's be real, no one's beating Georgia in the SEC championship. But LSU's playing great right now, and let's say they do. Then you have two-loss LSU, who has to get in by virtue of winning the best conference in the country. You have Georgia, who has to get in because they've been the best team all year and they're the reigning champs, which isn't supposed to play a role, but we all know it does. And then you have Tennessee sitting there, whose only loss was on the road at Georgia. And if you look at Tennessee's resume versus Oregon's resume, if we do get to this point, I realize we're talking in hypotheticals here, but if we do get to this point, I think a lot of people would say Tennessee is a better team. That's what we always end up saying. The conference championship thing, Evan, I'm glad you bring it up. That's supposed to be a tiebreaker for the committee. If you feel strongly with conviction that one team is better than the other, regardless of conference championships, that's supposed to be the number one consideration. But, right, but matchup Tennessee and Oregon's resume, it's basically the same. Is the it basically to- the same? Yes. Because they play in the Pac-12, and it's the SEC. Right, but they they got blown out by... By, te- by Georgia at Georgia, and there's a chance you look at it, that win that Tennessee had over Alabama when we get to the college football playoff doesn't look very good. Yeah. Paul Feinbaum made the point on Get Up earlier this week. There was, like Alabama could have four losses at this point in the season. They should have lost to Texas, and they maybe should have lost to Texas A&M. So if you want to look at that Tennessee win it, over Alabama at home that they barely won on the last play, it's not that impressive and it may not be as impressive down the road that's a good point I I think you could be right Evan I'm just saying here's what I'm saying if TCU loses a game which again at this point of every season guys we're talking about how teams are going to run the table and who's going to be in when they all take care of business and every season chaos strikes especially rivalry week as we get down the stretch someone will lose and if that's TCU then you're talking about Oregon and potentially Clemson and potentially TCU as one-loss conference champs against maybe a Tennessee team whose only loss was at Georgia. I'm just saying it could happen. I would rather take Michigan if their only loss is a close game against Ohio State over a one-loss Tennessee who got blown out at Georgia. That's totally fair, but maybe Georgia is just head and shoulders above everyone else. But if they lose the SEC championship, then Right, then that Tennessee loss to Georgia also doesn't look as good. Listen, man. Never doubt the SEC. 
I feel like that's no. a good rule of thumb. Drew, for the college come on. I'm just saying for the committee. Look, I'm saying for the committee. Drew, you're, give me a break. You never point, doubt the SEC. Your point is fair that, like, the SEC is going to get multiple teams. And, yes, there is a path for LSU to get to the, to the college football playoff. But that path would knock out Tennessee. That's the point. Like, I don't think they're taking three teams in a year where multiple teams from the Big Ten could have an argument. Multiple teams from the the Pac-12 won't have an argument, but it could come in down to the end where that could be a play-in game. Like, that could yeah. be a quarterfinal game mm-hmm. if Oregon meets USC. So I think there's way too many scenarios out there that would prevent the SEC from getting three teams. I'm not saying LSU is not getting in, but I think if LSU gets in, Tennessee probably gets knocked out. So LSU would have to be, and, and remind me if this is possible, they've, uh, they would, they've already beaten Alabama. Mm-hmm. We'd have to beat Alabama, Tennessee, and Georgia in order to find their way into the postseason. Into well, the they, they already lost playoff. to Tennessee. And there's another consideration is Tennessee crushed LSU in Death Valley. Okay, so what are we talking about here? Like, they've all beaten each other. So why why would all three get in? That because, doesn't even make sense. Because Oregon would be a team that could get in instead of one of those three, and Oregon got embarrassed by Georgia. And as much as we all agree here that Tennessee's loss to Georgia was just as bad as Oregon's, it doesn't look as bad on the schedule. It was two scores versus 46 points. So. I'm just in saying, the first game of the year, you want to go back to the first know, game of the hey, year? Evan, you want to go just, back to the first game of the I'm year? LSU saying. lost to Florida State. So that should knock them out. If we're going to go back and, and look at things that happened at the beginning of the season, Florida State beat LSU. Yeah, Is that a playoff team? Louisville by 24 points, and Louisville looks great now. Maybe Syracuse should be in if we're going back to the first game of the season. Okay, enough college football playoff talk. We got a bunch of time to figure that out. This is Kenny and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Coming up, time to give props and get you ready for Thursday night football. Make you some money next on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? We're not afraid to tell you when we got something right. Wow, you were right. Or wrong. That was terrible. It's time to give props. All right, Kenny and Carlin back with you. Drew Carter, Shea Cornette filling in for the guys. This is a great spot for us because we haven't been on this show in a while. At least I haven't been, so I haven't been wrong on something in a long time. Let's change that and bring Evan Wilner in to give us some props. What you got? All right, Marcus Mariota and P.J. Walker. Each record a completion over 29 and a half yards tonight. Are you taking that bet, Drew? 
Yes, because last time these teams met up, it was pure chaos. I think 37-34 was the final score. That one was in Atlanta, and the game was nuts. So I will take the over because I like fun and I like offense. What do you think, Shay? Uh, give me the under. P.J. Walker had like 49 uh, yards in the first half last week. It was a, a disaster, and I know the Falcons' defense – it's not as good as the Bengals, but I'll go under on that one for sure. You're probably right. It's Thursday night and offense isn't allowed. Yeah, exactly. And it's Thursday night and it's bad yeah. weather. No, go yeah. under. All right, let's assume, there's a, <laughs> let's assume there's a touchdown tonight. Who scores the first touchdown if there ooh, is one? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Drew? Okay. Oh, go ahead, Shay. Go ahead, Shay. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh me, 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 me. Uh, Cordero Patterson scores the first touchdown tonight. I mean, isn't this like a layup of a question? Uh, who else are you going to take? Kyle Pitts? CPAT. Yeah, I actually am going to take Kyle Pitts. Uh, <laughs> when we had Tyler Fulgermont earlier in the show, he said that he likes Cordero Patterson's over for attempts and rush yards. So I like where your head is at, Shay, but I'm going Kyle Pitts because Kyle Pitts has been the Pitts for anyone who – might have invested in him from a fantasy football perspective this year. I like Pitts to continue turning his season around and score first tonight. So, uh, Kyle Pitts, plus 950, plus 430 for Cordero Patterson. That's via Caesars. Yeah. Marcus Mariota, over or under 156 and a half oh passing gosh. yards, Drew. That's, is that the lowest number you've ever seen for an NFL quarterback? 156? That is... Like, in the basement, the only person with a lower one I was going to say might be P.J. Walker, but he's got a higher number, according to Caesar Sportsbook. Uh, that number is so low that it's it's crazy. I'm going to take the under just because Vegas always wins. What do you think, Shay? I'll go over. He had, I think, 129, something like that last week, but had 253 passing yards the week prior um, against the Carolina Panthers, right. ironically. Uh, so I'll go over. Now, that game did end in overtime, so there was a little bit of free football. But still, I, I think I'm going to go over, which really contradicts the first question because of the bad weather, like I said. But, yeah, he's I, just going to have to dink and dunk his way without yeah. a 30 yard pass. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go over. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys. Drew mentioned it. PJ Walker is at 175 and a half. Shay, you going over or under that? Passing I'm yards. going under. I mean, all day under. If you said if you said one one hundred, I would. <laughs> if you say said under. one, if you under. said one, I would go under. Yeah, I'm going under easily. Easily, not thinking twice. I'll Drew. take the over. I just love PJ Walker. I think he's a great. I story. like him too. But XFL I just, guy. Uh, I know. I know you're not supposed to gamble with your heart. You should bet with your head, but. Since this is just a radio segment, I will go with my heart and take P.J. Walker Yo, over. you chill, Drew, just a radio segment, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm locking all of these in, guys. Yeah, yeah seriously. Are what you are you sure talking about? I'm on FanDuel right now. You've already lost on Micah Parsons, so maybe hold off on that. Okay? Here's yes, the thing. Yes. I hedged on Micah Parsons so I'd at least get my money back. I put enough down to get my money back if he just wins Defensive Player of the Year. <laughs> Smart. But, but will he, though, or will your boy Sauce Gardner? Uh, I don't even think he, Sauce Gardner is the Defensive Player of the Year for the Jets. That would be Quinn and Williams. There you go. There you go. Look Marks Mariota, over or under 32.5 rushing yards. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go over. Bad weather. Um, I think he's going to have to use his legs. And, man, that Panthers defense that I thought was going to be top 10 going into the season has looked porous. So, I'll go over on that. Marcus Mariota over easily the 32 and a half rushing yards. I think, Shea, you nailed it. Rough weather. Why throw when you can run? Falcons, I think, are the run heaviest team in the NFL as it is. So, Patterson, Algier, Mariota, I think they keep it on the ground. He goes over. P.J. Walker, I can't believe I'm saying this. Over or under? 
a half of a passing touchdown. So will he score one (laughs) passing touchdown, Drew? Yes, the Falcons are not a good defense. Yes, P.J. Walker over everything. Bet the house. I'm gonna say no, you guys. I'm not even. I'm not even certain he's gonna play this entire game. So I, I I'm gonna say under. I'm sorry. Oh I'm gonna say under. I feel bad. I, I feel PJ's like I'm listening. ganging up. I know. I, feel, I, I hope he's not. Otherwise, really, we should say under. Okay. Um, considering he's a game in like an hour. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say under. Yeah, I'm gonna go under. Yeah, sorry. At least we don't have to worry about him listening. Although his family might be on the way to the stadium. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Cordero Patterson over under. 13 and a half rushing attempts, Drew. Well, we already had our gambling expert on say go over, so I can't I can't contradict Tyler. I'll take the over. Yeah, I'll go over, too. Uh, again, with the bad weather and the rushing, it seems like a no-brainer. And Cordero Patterson literally does whatever that team needs him to do, and that means rushing the football, he'll do it. Uh, so I'll go over there, too. Over under DJ Moore, uh, four and a half receptions, Shay. Uh, over. Uh, I think it's going to be like four. I you, think you've already taken every single PJ under. Walker under. Under, so. you're right. So who, who's throwing in the football? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go under because I got to stay consistent. It's going to be here. five three yard passes yeah. to yeah. DJ Moore. I'm going to go over, yeah, because I don't think that really adds up. If he averages like 15 yards a catch and he has four catches, then you're at 60 yards right there, which is like almost half of PJ Walker's total. I'm just going over on all the Panther stuff because if they're losing, they'll be throwing to come back. So give me the over. All right, fading the sharps. I like it. Young Way Koo over under one and a half field goals made. Uh, I'm going to go over there um, because I don't think they're going to. Uh, there's going to be a lot of touchdowns in this game. Um, I'm going to say the field goals go do go through the uprights. One and a half seems like a very doable number for me, so I'll go over there. But sloppy conditions, though. I, I think I think the under on this field goal prop is the way to go. Although it does feel like Young Way Koo makes like six field goals every game. Correct. Correct. I, I feel like he's ga- Mr. Guarantee. Like, I'll go over on that all day. All right, that's Give Props here on Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. We're coming down the home stretch today. Coming up, it's three and out. Why am I so upset about my favorite NBA team? The Timberwolves don't even have five guys on the floor all right. at certain times. All right, we're going to get into that and more. Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is Three and Out. It is Three and Out, and it is Canty and Carlin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Got you a few more minutes here on ESPN Radio. Drew Carter, Shea Cornette, filling in for the guys, and let's get right into it, starting with the Minnesota Timberwolves, the little Minnesota Timberwolves, who I demanded to talk about today on the show. I received some pushback. They said, let's just put them in three and out. And I said, that's exactly where they belong. 
Uh, the Timberwolves have dropped five of their last six after a 129-117 loss to the Phoenix Suns Wednesday night in Minneapolis. The struggles may have reached a low point in the second quarter when Minnesota had four plays on the four players on the court during a Suns possession that ended in a three for Phoenix. Torian Prince checked out before a free throw by Jalen Noel. D'Angelo Russell set to check in. Prince left. Russell never came on the floor. Possession was nearly over. Timberwolves have reached a nadir in what has been a brutal season after they mortgaged the future to bring in Rudy Gobert in the let's say, antiquated two-big-man system in a day and age where the best teams seem to start a 6'6 guy at center. The Timberwolves stink, and it's really frustrating for people who are from there. All right, so they've lost five out of their last six, but all is not gone. I mean, they're better than the Lakers. Let's just put, let's spin this <laughs> okay, positively. Great. Let's spin this positively. Uh, I, I am not a T-Wolves fan, so I'm going to defer back to you. Do you feel like this is a situation where they could turn it around or we're just like throwing it in the gutter like they're bad? Well, let's see. As someone who rarely has a glimmer of hope as a Timberwolves fan, I mean, Shay, you got to understand, I was a kid who would walk around Minneapolis and see posters advertising a deal where you could get a Timberwolves ticket, a hot dog, and a Pepsi for $5. Rashad McCants was on that poster. UNC legend should never have been the number one option on an NBA team. Rashad McCants, yeah. So it's hard for us to have hope, and I don't have a whole lot right now. I think he dated Khloe Kardashian. Um, Who didn't? That's Chris Humphreys you're thinking of. No, it's not. I think Rashad McCants did, too. And Chris he Humphreys really? dated Kim Kardashian. Oh, that's right. You're was, confused. Was married to her. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyways, so um, – Here's what I'll say, though. You do have talent on this roster. Like, yes. you got Cat, you've got Gobert, you've got Russell. Like, you've got, got dudes. Anthony Edwards. And the Ant-Man. Like, come on. So I, And I love Anthony Edwards. I, I uh, yeah, I'm not going to, like, bury the T-Wolves yet. I'm not there yet. No, and I, I mean, I'm They've still just had holding a bad stretch out of hope, games. I guess. Yeah, I'm still holding out, like, a little bit of hope. But, man, they are in the dumps right now. So, mm-hmm. hopefully, Chris Finch can get that thing figured out. All right, next on 3 and Out, Justin Verlander opted out of the last year of his deal with the Houston Astros, which was due to pay him 25 mil in 2023. And he opted out 39 years old, had one of the best seasons of his career in 2022, a 175 ERA and an 083 whip, struck out 185 batters in 175 innings, and obviously won the World Series. He's a finalist for the Cy Young, which will be announced next Wednesday. So interesting thing here, Shay, because he's 39, but still maybe the best pitcher in the American League. Uh, yeah, and he's going to get paid as such. He's a free agent now, and, I mean, okay, good for him. This was an option to opt out. If you can go make more money elsewhere, why wouldn't you? He doesn't feel an allegiance, apparently, to the Houston Astros, and so he says, hey, I want a ring here. Toodaloo, I'm out of here. I'm going to go make more money. I don't hate him for this. And, and good for him and Kate Upton because, you know, they, they could be struggling financially. You know, who knows? I mean, they, they have pretty low-profile jobs, so – Good for Justin Verlander making some extra cash after yeah, exactly. winning the World Series with the Astros. By the way, did you see he was doing a post-game interview with his kid? Did you see that? It no. It was pretty cute. But I, I love post-game interviews with kids. It's my favorite thing. Right. The only thing I didn't right. like is when Drew right. Brees had, the, uh, had his son with the headphones on after the uh, 2009 Super Bowl. I don't even remember I didn't want that. I see that. Oh, I remember it. It's, it's seared. It's seared in my memory. Seared, seared in your memory. Yeah. It's All right, we got for three. Field. I'll never kid, forget man. it. Give him a break. All right, number three, the Raiders are placing both Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller on injured reserve. Mm. Renfro as an oblique for Adam Schefter. Waller aggravated his hamstring last week, so both will miss at least the next four games. Due to various injuries, the Raiders are sans their big four, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, Renfro, and Waller on the field together 
for a grand total of 43 plays. That's how many mm. plays they've played together. So Josh McDaniels has struggled in his first year as Vegas' head coach, no doubt about that, but he has not had his best guys for the majority of it. Yeah, but some of the mistakes that were made by this team even early on were just sloppy mistakes, which always surprised me from a guy that came from a Belichick coaching tree. Um, This Raiders team just hasn't looked right, regardless of who's in and who's out. And, like, the games where they've had guys like – and Devontae Adams and Derek Carr were supposed to have this, like, amazing chemistry. Like, these two broke records at Fresno State, correct. So, for for the Raiders to stub their toe this bad out of the gates really is just extremely disappointing – and again, you're in a, you're in a hole right now. You can't find way to win games. Why would you risk like your stars on your team if they're not feeling good? Put them on IR and let them get right. But I just I, this is a it's a mess right now in Vegas. Yeah. And I don't know. It, it, this is a playoff team last year that lost to a team that found their way to the Super Bowl. Like this isn't good. What's a bigger mess in Vegas right now? This shows Micah Parsons MVP bet or the Raiders season? <laughs> Definitely the Raiders season. Yeah. At least Micah Parsons is like We still have uh, hope in the second. Has half. hope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. The Raiders are just disastrous, man. Yeah, the, the Raiders are struggling. I just saw Jason Fitz in the hallway. He tried to offer the Jets uh, Derek Carr in a trade this offseason. Like <laughs> that's how bad it's gotten. <laughs> it's got, it has gotten really really bad. Already doing that. Well, thanks for tuning in here on Candy and Carlin. Shay it's been a blast. Thanks for making this so easy on me. And, hey, uh, no problem. It was fun. Yeah, we will see you guys next time. Canty and Carlin presented by Progressive Insurance. This is ESPN Radio. Have a fantastic night. Enjoy the football tonight. Thursday night football kicking off week 10. We will see you next time. Enjoy your Thursday. Canty and Carlin, weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+.